Good evening, uh, listeners of, of Putrotes, or uh, I haven't actually come up with the English name that could translate uh, well in English. Uh, probably, I don't know, to create a mess or something like that, or messy or messying around. Yeah, messing around might be actually a good pronunciation, uh, not pronunciation, translation to English. Um, so just talking, I, I love talking to people, to interesting people about interesting themes and so um yeah i just tend to record them and and see if someone else is interested so that's the that's this podcast and uh uh hello uh person who has uh tuned in um so tonight is the first time i decided to try to make an episode in english because my guest is kaspar kulm and he is estonian um and so, as my Estonian uh, language barrier is quite high, um, <laughs> so we naturally um, will be speaking in English. And um, so I actually don't know anything about Kaspar, um, which is uh, first time for me as well, because all the previous guests have been someone who I know for either a very long time or at least for a year. So this will be a very new type of episode uh, altogether. <clears throat> so thanks, Kasper, for agreeing. Um, and uh, today's intended uh, topic or theme is uh, meditation. And why I, uh, Kasper isn't, uh, isn't uh, a monk, uh, from Tibet um, or someone else esteemed in um, in in uh, Buddhism for example uh, but uh, a guy who I met I, I have met uh, once in my life we we, we spent uh, probably 10 uh, not 10 but two hours uh, talking in um, Tallinn's Pagams about a lot of different topics and that was very exciting. But one of the themes was was uh, was meditation. And uh, and um, when I was thinking about people who who I could talk to, you were probably the first one who came into my mind. And so yeah, that's that's kind of the theme. And uh, let's see let's see where where we where we go with that. So can you then introduce yourself, Casper? Like, what do you do? you know who you are and and so on yeah so uh, definitely glad to be on your uh, on your show uh let's put it that way and uh and yeah uh i'm i am uh, just you know a regular estonian guy who's uh, very much uh, entrepreneurial minded and uh yeah so i came to uh riga i'm living in riga now uh I came here to study kind of business and then yeah to to study in the SEC, uh, if anyone knows what that school is and uh, and yeah now graduated and now we started with uh, with the guys who are uh, who we graduated from the same cool school we uh, we started this uh, startup uh, we are now training um, people's faces <laughs> men's faces mostly so it's uh, it's a uh, Jaw, jaw exercise tool that we're making 
and uh, yeah, so we we've always been very passionate about uh, the the kind of the entrepreneurship and the idea of like building a successful and healthy company, and uh, so the guys who started this, so they're the co-founders, and I jumped in later to help them. Uh, these guys are uh, three of us. We had this kind of a like a mastermind group where we would uh, discuss different uh, topics, like um, main all self-development related. We're all like kind of self-development freaks, so we all are meditating and we're using uh, meditation to uh, to fuel our productivity and you know keep the mind calm. And uh, and yeah, we. Uh, we kind of started noticing like, hey, this company is doing this inefficiently and this is doing that inefficiently. We're like keep discussing and, and saying like, hey, we can do it so much better. And, and one thing that we really found out was that, or like noticed that uh, people people create this kind of a bar invisible barrier between the brand or a company and, uh, and the person. So this is the first thing that we wanted to, wanted to break, this kind of a, like a, weird barrier of like as a company as chisel when we uh, someone approaches like hey dear chisel like i would like to inquire some information whatnot so we would say just hey bro what's up <laughs> kind of we would straight away break the conversation into a, like a person to person very authentic and and you know direct and uh this has brought us to like an unbelievable success so in that sense we in the first eight months uh, we doubled the company's revenue every each month month to month and uh, yeah with the first uh, almost one and a half less than one and a half years we uh, we got to like 500k revenue total so uh, we just just kind of bootstrapping it on our own and, and using a lot of this kind of spirituality and uh, the meditation tactics on the you know back end or on, on us basically and then and keeping this uh, awareness of different uh, different problems and different uh, obstacles that we would face and uh, and yeah just keeping this mentality of like you know you can figure out on your own so basically what I'm trying to say is that what uh, spirituality or meditation has given me or or the other guys in the company is this um, this kind of ability to uh, look at life and look at all your problems in a bit of a like a disconnected or like observer mode so you're uh, you're a bit uh, bit yeah kind of like stepping back and uh, and having a bit of a calmness and uh, in the in the face of uh, whatever life throws at you so basically what you are saying is that um is that meditation is almost like a part of your um, company's identity or something like that. And that it's part of your company's uh, success and, and the way you define yourselves. Or... It is, it is definitely on the, on the back end of the, you know, the, the founders and the, the many of the high performers, but it doesn't mean that everyone, uh, everyone like does it it doesn't mean that to the entire like you know all the people in the company meditate and so on but uh but definitely it has um it has shaped the culture of the company and uh and how we approach anything that comes up in the in the process so uh 
I would say this concept of us meeting, uh, three of us meeting uh, and, and asking basically, hey, what are my obstacles? How can I improve myself? So the kind of the original book club by uh, Benjamin Franklin back in whatever time was based on the same concept of um, you meet and you discuss and discuss some ideas, you discuss some uh, your challenges and you basically put awareness of yourself into that uh, perspective. This is also something that actually Elon Musk talked about that has helped him a lot. So well, many of the actually successful people behind uh, successful companies or, or just anyone who has uh, who has really, you know, managed to uh, shine through in some some practice is always preaching about self-awareness and uh, and the ability to uh, basically analyze your weaknesses and uh, and 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 focus on your strengths and not just by the thought of like you know structural analysis or whatnot, but just kind of more grasp it in a in a wholesome way, so to say. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And probably for someone, uh, for some people, that sort of uh, ability comes, uh, I don't know, it just happens. And for some people, it's, uh, it, it comes through, I don't know, using LSD or something. And then for, uh, for some people, it comes through meditation. It's, it's just probably the, uh, uh, probably someone does it by, I don't know, running a marathon and, and thinking about those things. Uh, so it's just a... Uh, so meditation is, 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 is a tool that you use to get into that state of mind where you can uh, uh, look at, uh, look at the different issues and, and, and links like uh, from a different point of view, right? So you mentioned many concepts here. So one thing is that meditation and spirituality has many sides to it. There, meditation isn't just, you know, one thing of you... Uh, sit down, you don't move and you try to not think like like the kind of the popular belief about it is there are many, many different ways of like uh, meditation and this, yeah, not thinking and sitting in a chair is kind of one of them. But uh, that's one side of it. Then it's the like uh, question of how much is uh, psychedelics uh, part of the, you know, meditation and med meditative uh, uh, states and altered states and uh and then um the last thing uh you mentioned about uh okay I, I forgot the last thing but i'll i'll first talk about that yeah uh the different ways of approaching meditation so this is the kind of the brilliant side of like um there is the one one side of like you uh either sit down in a chair or lay down and really you know focus on your breath and follow your or follow your mm -hmm. breathing and having the conscious breathing and um, and not uh, not trying not trying not to think or like basically fo focusing on getting free of thoughts and uh, letting your just awareness play around that's kind of actually one of the most advanced versions of it or one of the most complicated ones uh, then it's the the focusing on the so observation kind of meditation would be something like you walk on the street and uh, focus either on the silence between sounds. So all sounds come mm -hmm. from silence and go into silence. So like between all the car noise and mm -hmm. everything, there is silence. 
focus on that. So that would be you know, observing, or then focusing on how the leaves rattle in the wind and, and all these like tiny details that you wouldn't notice otherwise. You're kind of observing. Or, si or silence, silence, silence between probably instruments in, a, in, in music, in, for example, uh, no, well. classical music might work as well. As well, yeah. And, uh, and then there is the, which kind of, if to put it in some basket, more like a Zen Buddhism type of uh, spirituality would be this uh, spirituality or meditation through physical activity. So either, as mm. you mentioned, running or uh, what are the kind of the original uh, main Zen Buddhism activities is uh, archery, flower arrangement and uh, and uh, what do you call it? or like basically the Japanese uh, katana fighting the sword sword techniques or something and also or, or making those uh, mandal mandals right as yeah, well, that as well. It's the same thing so and and in that like nature you're kind of sacrificing yourself into the activity and you're really focusing on that and sometimes even you know cleaning or maintenance you're really just kind of putting in the effort and putting in the motion and that's how you get your that's why you know when you clean your home or something you suddenly feel that you clean your head as well it's a form of meditation mm. again and um, or when you dig something or or do anything like uh mechanical that's that's very easy but also what i just uh understood is that 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 probably at least part of what um you know what we call flow these days that's that's what it is, right? I mean, when you kind of uh, go into some activity, whether it's uh, your primary work or secondary work, but any any activity, it can be also mental, I believe. Uh, but that you are kind of just you know diving into it, and and time disappears, and that's that's basically meditation, right? So so the state of flow. That's another beautiful concept. So. Mihaly, Chikchint Mihaly, did a pretty extensive research on the state of flow and wrote a book about it. So uh, I read his book and I did, did my own uh, thesis, a bit of like research on, on his topics as well. So uh, the concept of at the moment when your level of skill and level of uh, challenge are equally met, that's where you meet the state of flow. And this is exactly the moment where you all time fades away and you're your utmost productive and uh, your utmost happiest. So it's a very interesting concept. Well, there were, I think I, I think there were like eight uh, preconditions, right, to, to 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 go into a state of flow uh, that that he defined seven or eight, uh, something like that. And and one of them was that you are skilled enough or that you know what you are doing, but. And then second one was that the task is challenging enough so that uh, you actually have to kind of, um, you, you, you have the skills, you can use them, but either you know a little bit not enough or there's some unknown, un, uh, unknown part to it that you have to learn or it's just competing with yourself, right? So all these things are further like, uh, you know, I'll say further surgery, like he, this is just uh, cutting it into smaller pieces, but it's all talking about the same idea of like being in that spot where your challenge and skill are equally met. And that is like a you know, line of your challenge increases, mm -hmm. your skill increases. And that's the thing, if your uh, challenge is too big uh, compared to your level of skill, you'll get anxious 
if your skill is too big for the level of uh, challenge, you'll get bored. And in the middle, mm -hmm. middle you'll have this one. And mm -hmm. Chik Mihaly's uh, research showed very interestingly that like he, d he did this like kind of weird that people were wearing peepers and had to report at different times of day what activity are they doing and how are they feeling and like happy whatnot and uh, basically from that huge research he found that uh, most people were rather happier during work than leisure time or mainly that their happiest moments were not necessarily leisure time when they're just watching tv or something they were those moments where they were challenged to the equal amount of mm -hmm. their skill and uh, that could be you know some hobbies of whatever snowboarding is my thing you know some yeah. some like other sports or uh, or it could be just your mental challenge of working and and yeah that's how it, but yeah basically and his his main point was that uh, that's why the happiest people can be people can be italian farmers and uh, and factory workers in uh, in us uh, because they yeah. or, or mountain climbers because they're just constantly being challenged to the equal amount of their skill equal level of their skill yeah yeah because because just uh, sitting around and uh, doing nothing i mean that's the tendency of of people who don't have anything to do is that they just start doing stupid shit like they they start to come up with um with something to do and then this is the challenge of like i don't know uh youth that doesn't have any kind of way to prove themselves to 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 do something and then they start doing i don't know so, something that we don't like and they become bad youth or something like that but it's, it's just because they uh they don't have anything where they could actually invest themselves yeah and, and that goes for for everyone. like so many uh people i think become alcoholics because of this because they just try so, to drink away that that lack of something lack of fulfillment definitely and you're bringing in another domain of like dopamine so the body chemicals also play a big role and uh there's very interesting uh concept going around like kind of more productive and uh and uh, more successful youtubers who uh, who talk about uh, this concept of how they manage their dopamine uh, levels and having this uh, dopamine um, mm, <laughs> dop how diet fasting get yeah, dopamine fasting or something like this yeah, yeah. basically the idea that you know for me as well like i enjoy uh, video games and if i would do a, like a video game in the morning first thing my dopamine level would be fucked up i wouldn't anymore enjoy like, uh, you know, communicating over email, I'm doing some work stuff. I would be like, where's the flashy colors and where's the, you know, this or the sugar rush also. So if you exhaust your levels of dopamine with something, then you kind of can't enjoy anything else anymore. So there's also like this good gradual uh, progression of like, you can get dopamine out of reading, reading a contract if you build it up right. Yeah, and, and I've heard a very interesting study um, that uh, they study that these uh, dopamine, uh, like a level that is your kind of normal average dopamine level, mm -hmm. it's, uh, I mean, the baseline is somewhere recorded in your, in, your, in your brain. And so what happens is that when your brain is still developing, when you're like under 21 or 24, something in that range, depending on the individual, uh, 
that baseline can 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 go up and down, but then it's then it's fixated as the as the brain becomes well basically physically hard, right? And then you're wired, and uh, then to change this is, is is very difficult. Probably with like extreme fasting, uh, dopamine fasting, you could do it, but the interesting aspect of this is that I, I, I really like the, the idea is that, you know, when, when I grew up, um, getting like a magazine picture with like a naked lady or God forbid naked lady having sex was like, Whoa, what is that? <laughs> and then, you know, all those, all those movies with, uh, with guys getting playboy and that being like, you know, one of the greatest achievements that they have done. Mm. And it's only because, you know, it's only gives the possibility to, I mean, in Playboy, they are just, just well, half naked chicks most of the time. That's it. And then compare that to the youth growing up now with all the porn channels just pumping everything that you can imagine to see. Or uh, same going with like um, all the social um, um, social networks like uh, and Facebook and YouTube and all of that, just pumping those dopamine levels up and up and up, and also gaming and esports, right? I mean, uh, so many people are probably starting their day with a with a game of Fortnite or something, and uh, that raises the dopamine level to to a place where there's there's no way in real life you can you can reach that and so you become a junkie and if that's your baseline whoa you're screwed um and and so we we still don't know where the where the um um depression pandemic is is coming from maybe it's maybe it's food maybe it's uh, i don't know plastics or or maybe it's dopamine levels or maybe it's all together but as a society we have a we have a huge problem with this and uh if you know people won't be able to enjoy uh sex because they have seen too much porn until 23 there's a good movie about it uh was it um about the guy who is uh, porn addicted. Like he has this most beautiful girlfriend and, and he has sex with her and she does whatever he wants. And he still creeps out of the bed and goes and wax off uh, at some porn because nothing gives him pleasure anymore. And uh, that if that happens, as a human race, we are in a deep, deep problem because I think without sex and eating, like what's, you know, not many things are left on a basic level. Yeah, there is definitely the more, uh, you know, the fucked up scenario and more this like uh, sad, sad look. But uh, on the other hand, luckily enough, people are demonstrating that uh, humans are have innate uh, capabilities and quite magnificent capabilities of uh, changing and controlling things that we believe is, is not possible. But uh, yeah, I would, I would say like, there was this beautiful uh, like, bit in one of the, one dude in YouTube said that, you know, it's, yeah, you could say that, uh, is it the food? Is it the social media? Is it the games, whatnot? You know, you need all the fingers to make a fist. So it is all of that together. And there will be, yes, something more, uh, 
more like bigger influence and something less but uh but yeah it's the entire functioning of the of the society and how we how we eat how we manage our top and what we do all this plays together and uh and yeah so one one beautiful thing about uh what we are capable as human beings is what uh, wim hoffman is uh like practicing and doing uh he showed the world first time that hey guys we can actually control our autonomous nervous system and we can actually uh you know uh defeat diseases without any medication which just are the power of let's call it meditation but basically breath work and conscious uh focus what it is actually and uh and and practice basically and uh and that we're able to control our body's temperature uh so so this is another like kind of kind of meditation yet again not meditation but kind of meditation practice that that has shown me that hey there's this entire different world there where you can and re restore your uh brain you know also what you talked about the baseline you can totally change that you can you can do like you can control your autonomous nervous system you can basically control how your nervous system works so this is something that all the doctors were no it's called autonomous as in like you can't control it it so it does its own thing but uh, now it's been shown that hey <laughs> what we believed in science is not necessarily true and it's not just that Wim Hoffman is a freak of nature he has shown that he can teach this method to anyone and uh, anyone can do it so likewise with his method i managed to cure my uh, sinus infection which uh, came back every year regularly and the only way to cure it was uh, two weeks of antibiotics with his method i did it in like what one and a half day or something with just breathing and focusing cured no medication either so already this mm -hmm. showed me like wow what's, there's something more to this but isn't it yeah. isn't it like this that that um you know, probably in, in uh, I don't know, but in the 80s, I would guess, um, fitness became this, this big thing, right? That, that you have to be fit, you have to actually uh, stand in the front of TV in some lycra and uh, jump around and, you know, um, then, then, then in the beginning it was just fitness, so running, cycling or whatever. And then it branched out in like different sub branches of uh, uh, specific um, like CrossFit or whatever, you know, mm. and then everyone trying to do their thing and saying that's the best thing you can do. And then people combining things, but it's all about building up your body strength, uh, your agility and uh, in the end longevity and ability to control what's happening. And uh, we are a combination of, of a body and something else. Let's call it a soul. Uh, who knows, you know, what that is. And so, the as I see it, is that in the 90s, sorry? The unquantifiable. Yes. And so, so as I see it, uh, fitness is just kind of 10 years ahead of what started to happen in 90s when uh, some guys came back from Tibet and said, oh, meditation is this thing. And then they were laughed at, uh, but somehow now what, 10, maybe 10, 10, 15 years ago, it started to come back, I think. Um, and 
it is I see a lot of parallels now when when you when you are talking about it that uh, it's it is a, a fitness program for your mind and then you can achieve that in uh, many different ways and and get uh, many different um kind of benefits like you get one type of benefit from meditating while running and another from sitting and breathing and another from um, uh, breathing in specific way and sitting in cold water um, but all of them are well some sort of exercises for your brain and, and probably you know playing chess is is actually in this sense meditation as well but then what we as humans should do is to exercise both of them because if you are uh, fat and uh, and and sick sitting in the, in a couch probably wim hof exercises you know will not be i don't know as efficient i i i think so or you know you have to be you have to have a healthy body and a, a healthy mind uh, and if you have only one of them well, then there's no balance, and everything yeah, needs to be balanced it, in nature. It can, it can definitely be a, like a catalyst or, or like a start starting point. But uh, but yeah, you're right. That the, at the end of the day, the, you know, the truly successful, they have the multitude of uh, habits that uh, that build build into each other, and and one big big thing that that might be the like core that turns out from here and there, kind of the core. Uh, or pillar of anything that you know shows out is the food when you have like good food in your system you will just naturally feel good and uh, this is a very interesting concept about uh, food is that you know people think like oh okay so I have my healthy food here but you know but I love these burgers and uh, and all this greasy and, and you know the food the thing is also people know what they what they like what is definitely bad for them but it's it's not always that they need to be educated. They know that this is bad, but but rather you know like showing the people that hey, actually you know changing how you eat starts from your microbiome. So basically your 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 belly your like you crave food that you eat. So if you keep eating pizzas, you keep keep craving pizzas. If you start you know eating some vegetables or whatnot, mm. uh, you will eventually start craving that. And uh, mm. and that's the thing that with each habit, also the eating habit, and any other habit, when you want to create a new habit, you're at first working against the old habit, and only then the habit will start working mm. for you. So there is this uh, mm. necessary pain that needs to be, you know, uptaken or pain that needs to be come through before any light can be seen. You know? <laughs> So, uh, and also, yeah. also, you know, so many people and even myself, and I guess everyone has an example of like, when they try to start something new and they like, you know, they're like, fuck, I, I've done so much things wrong or like, this is unhealthy habits, this doesn't work. And they pile up and then you're this kind of a breaking point and you're like, okay, now I need to change my life. And then you take like five, six new habits. I'm going to start breathing, training, eating, like all this yeah, straight away. Yeah. And after the third day, fourth day, you're like... Probably that will happen in January, man. <laughs> sometimes January, whenever, yeah, like, but, yeah. but you're, you're then like... Well, I mean, New Year's resolutions are like that. 
Yeah, that's the that's the bulk of the the people that people yeah but it can happen at any moment it can be just you know your personal you feel like okay now this is a kind of my personal breaking point or whatnot and uh, and then you kind of just take everything on and then you're so overwhelmed that you drop everything and go back to your old habits. <laughs> it's like, so that's the kind of mm. well, habit, habits is actually a very interesting topic in the sense that um uh, well, I, 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 I'm trying, I guess, is, is the best definition of quit, quitting smoking. And, um, and so that's why I read this book about habits. And what it um, explained is that habits are stored in a part of the brain, in the reptilian brain, that we don't really, uh, we, we can't control it. So once the habit is there, it's there. Um, at least the trigger and the and the trigger to, to start it and the trigger when it ends, and so you can replace maybe try to replace the middle, and so that's how you get rid of. That's why people who get rid of smoking uh, start eating candy instead, for example, because the trigger is the same. Then they just eat candy, feel dopamine, and then the reptilian brain circuit says, "Okay, fine, yeah, that's 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 gonna work until next time," and. And so that's why it's so difficult. And that's why I think we can't uh, do it with, with, with multiple um, habits at the same time, because it's just very, very, very hard. Mm-hmm. And this is why it's so, uh, so dangerous to play with that, to, to get that habit of. And this uh, is where, where meditation and deeper altered uh, states of consciousness can help that, uh, that when you really go deep into you and uh, and use these practices, then you can actually access that reptilian brain as well to, to a certain extent. And, uh, and yeah, but uh, but it's not easy. <laughs> yeah, well, there were studies that uh, I mean, uh, until now, um, the, the, these have not been too many times replicated. But uh, the most efficient way of getting rid of alcoholism, they say, is uh, LSD, and um, that's 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 a study that was done in sixties, I believe, and has not been replicated until now, as far as I know. And then uh, John Hopkins University did a study using uh, magic mushrooms to quit smoking, and uh, they say they have uh, like a, I, I believe, sixty percent success rate, which is uh, uncomparable with uh, kind of anything uh, anything else that have been used uh, to quit smoking. So, so, so psychedelics is a very interesting uh, concept, and my general like understanding and, and feeling on this one is that uh, you can reach with, and this is not only me. This I've kind of gotten, uh, yeah, confirmation from multiple sources. Is that you can reach all these states that you you can uh, with uh, psychedelics. You can reach them by meditation and by your own natural ways, but. Uh, it's not to say that it's going to be as easy because it's easy to eat shrooms and uh, and get an experience uh, versus having to consecutively meditate for for a year or two or something like this have like every day setting the 10 20 minutes time uh, yet when you have the experiences through uh, psychedelics it is in most times your body is not ready for it you will have this uh, feeling and you will understand uh, the basic, the oneness, the disidentification from the ego and like going away from the body, you'll have 
the basic field, your astral, astral body and everything like this, but you, you'll experience that, but your brain won't understand it. Your, your body is not ready for it, uh, for most cases, for most people. So uh, that's what causes the, you know, the bad trip of like when you try to control mm -hmm. something and you don't understand what it is. And, and with all psychedelics being weed, uh, uh, LSD or, or magic mushrooms or something, with all of them, it's the concept of like the only way to control them is to not control them, to just fully surrender and let go, right? So um, this is this is something well, that is very hard from 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 many, but uh, not not only from not being ready, but not being ready is definitely uh, one of the main ones. I mean, it can be um, some. Um, mental illness, for example, or it can be just the wrong uh, situation, uh, or it can be uh, the surprise of it, which, which is kind of related to, the, um, uh, to, to not being ready, but it, 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 it can be just the fact that basically someone slipped you something in, right? Uh, that, will, uh, that will guarantee that you will not have a, something amazing, but rather like, what? Um, but anyway, yeah, uh, I, I, I mean, you, 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 have you read the book called uh, Stealing Fire? No. Well, it's an amazing book about this concept. Uh, so, you know, they have this uh, the, the, the kind of, they, they talk about different states of mind in general mm -hmm. and uh, why we need them, what's the history behind it. And it's called Stealing Fire because they compare uh, Icarus stealing fire and bringing that to the people with what is happening with psychedelics, uh, that that's the fire for the brain of people, so to speak. And that there are people who are trying to steal the fire and that the government, generally speaking, is not allowing that because, well, for the same reason that gods didn't allow to steal the fire, right? And whoever will steal the fire will have the same um, outcome as uh, Icarus, right? So, there is the uh, there is the, the stoned ape theory that uh, like the theory that why like it's kind of found out that the psycho psychocybin, however you pronounce it, was like a major psilocybin uh, was was the major reason why why we developed from apes. So basically, kind of it in simple terms is that uh, monkeys were eating mushrooms and became human over time the magic mushrooms and uh, that yeah that psilocybin does build new pathways in the brain and, and allow you to form new connections which uh, which then basically is evolving right so that's your kind of stealing the fire being enlightened in a way and uh, and it is Definitely true to uh, to a certain extent, yes. But uh, but yeah, it's kind of well. We we have to note that uh, this this uh, well theory comes from uh, from Terence McKenna, who is well, I mean, out there to say the least uh, in in many different ways. So the stoned uh, ape uh, theory kind of is. Yeah, it is an interesting theory, but it's not, I, I wouldn't put a lot of uh, weight behind it, uh, taking into account the, the stuff that Terence McKenna says, you know, the, about multiverse and 
and traveling in time and space and uh, and whatnot, right? I mean, it's, he's he's a bit uh, wacko, I would say. Um, but he has good points. He has seen stuff and uh, and and so. But uh, the what I like is I'll, I'll come back to the to the idea that uh, what Stealing Fire says is that uh, you basically have a have a two-dimensional graph you can imagine on 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 the y-axis there's risk and on the x-axis there's efficiency and so basically all of these ways how to get a different state of mind they have some risk to them and then some efficiency and you can actually place them on this on this uh, quadrant and so what you will get is that uh, you know uh, meditation for example is um, low risk very low risk and also low efficiency and then there's, uh, there's the time that comes like it becomes very efficient if you add a lot of time there so that's yeah, the, but that's, that's kind of exactly the point about efficiency it's not that you kind of sit down for 10 minutes or even an hour or i mean if you can sit down for three hours you you're not going to be enlightened it's it takes a lot of time and so in that sense it's, it's true time efficiency yeah then, yes and then um, you know, uh, surfing, for example, is also low efficiency because again, it's it's type of meditation. And then you can uh, go to like uh, say whatever LSD, which is high efficiency uh, in terms of the you know bang for the buck, but it's also high risk in the sense, for example, that you can uh, get a bad trip or something. Or like that. Or even something further, like ayahuasca and salvia divinorum, that which can basically destroy you as a, all your psychology or like all your sense of yes, self. Yes, right. And and so yeah, and, and how they put it is that uh, same as in real life, you don't normally, if you're a normal person, you are not jumping with a parachute to you know every day or not even every weekend. Uh, you're doing that once, twice. Some, 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 maybe once a year, but you, you do it, uh, you know, rarely, but you do, you do high risk stuff because that's exciting and that's a nice experience to have. And I mean, why wouldn't we, but then you do a lot of low uh, efficiency things like exercising, but then you do them every day and you have to, that, that we should look at exercising your brain or going to a, to a different state of mind in a similar way. And they have this uh, calendar of hedonism, how they call it, is that basically there, there, there are things that you should plan every day, uh, like meditating or surfing or something like that. Then there's stuff that you should do every week, uh, for example, meditating for longer. Then there's stuff that you should plan, say, every month, let's say smoking a joint. And then something you should plan every three months and then yearly you could plan a, 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 some sort of trip for example and that that all plays together and works together because because it's similar like with exercising once a year you can plan a white rafting uh, trip you know uh, or going boating in alaska and then but you should you should run probably at least weekly and and do squats it is a brilliant actually uh, comparison here. What I'm feeling is that, you know, if you would were to go to Alaska or whitewater rafting in some crazy, you know, you would train beforehand. You would do those smaller, smaller steps to that 
And this likewise, when you uh, when you would go and do the, like an LST would be still powerful, but like less. But even if you would go to like ayahuasca chip or something like this, uh, you would want to have the meditation underneath it, like a year or something of like basically being able to understand a bit with your body and uh, and with your basically train yourself for that. And that's the thing of like. Obviously, you can't say to people like, uh, "Don't do it." You know, <laughs> like a kid, like, uh, "Don't don't pick up the dirt." Kid goes picks up the dirt. Like, you know, you know, yeah. tell the kids, you tell the people like the same way of like, you know, "Don't do drugs." And like, people will go try drugs, drugs, right? But at least then they could do it like wisely. You know, make themselves ready for it and, and not not yeah, fuck up their entire like life because of that. In that sense, because. Uh, mm. But that's that's where where all this concept of uh, trip sitters and all that comes from. It's the people who have some hmm. experience and who can who read this. It's like kind of a coach for you, right? So exactly. Way, I mean, it's like with the PTSD uh, that they have they have tried for so many years since since Vietnam seriously to work with PTSD, um, uh, well, illness uh, or mm -hmm. well syndrome with veterans and uh, and so many veterans that have gone through uh, many different ways like therapy uh weed uh, meditation and so on and and there's a lot of studies about it and so suddenly um they, they can quite precisely compare like average time it takes for a ptsd patient to uh come back to normal using meditation and let's say that's 10 months of intensive meditation and that's what they do for example there's um oh, that's a very interesting side story from that book but um, let's keep on track and 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 then they get the same progress psychiatrically speaking of let's say one session of mdma but with a psychiatrist who is well trained to use that state of mind that this veteran is going to, right? Mm -hmm. and, and, and so that's how they can actually compare the, that efficiency quite, quite precisely, at least for PTSD, because they, they can almost like, I mean, as precisely, obviously, as you can measure if you are cured or not from PTSD, it's probably a scale, but still, it's, it's, it's a fairly, fairly good data set that where they can compare these things, how efficient they are between themselves so um yeah mm -hmm. and uh so why i actually started to think about uh, meditation um as a topic is is because for now what one one month uh, and, and and 10 days we have been majority of us have been sitting at home or at least not leaving home very often and uh, because of COVID and, and, and social um, distancing and stuff. And what I see is that um, people are talking about exercising. Like uh, I, I, the top four app on the second or third week in the app store was Zoom. And then there was something else for, uh, for communication. Um, and then uh, the fourth one was some exercise app uh, because people are 
obviously thinking about it, that they can't go to a gym and they should exercise. They are sitting at home and just eating. They should exercise. Uh, they cannot go for a run, for example, as, as some of my friends uh, in, 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 in lockdowns. Uh, well, they need to exercise, so they exercise. But not many are talking about the fact that you need to exercise your, your mind as well. And so this is this is how actually I came to this um, came to this topic. Like why why is that? Why still the awareness isn't uh, where it should be? I think and um, and yeah, what what can be done about it? Yeah, and uh, there is with this with this quarantine especially. It's like uh, it starts. There's there's this interesting concept of like. When before we everyone had this uh, like, hey, uh, I gotta you know get to work. I gotta do this. Kind of everyone had their morning ritual, right? So, a lot of how your day is gonna look like is gonna be how you you know start the day. And when before you would hit the shower and you know go get dressed and you know do your whatever coffee something and go. Now if that part is cut, then uh, people are suddenly like, okay, maybe like pajamas for the first part of the day and maybe something and then that starts to lag and like everything and then you get some dopamine uh, rush from some social media and kind of then and you're unproductive and all this that kind of downward spiral right and uh, and yeah so one part of like spirituality and meditation what is really beneficial is the concept of just you know committing to giving like 10 to 20 minutes every day you're giving your most precious thing your time you know you're gonna time is the thing you're gonna that's you're gonna run out of eventually and uh and, and you're it's, giving... a, it's what Wim Hof says also about his method that that uh, he he said in one interview is that one of the biggest benefits is not maybe even uh, the the ability to physically control and blah 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 that's also a benefit but you have to work a lot with uh, to, to get there but one of the faster ones uh, or faster kind of uh, benefits you get is that every time when you go in that cold shower, cold uh, ice bath, cold river, whatever you do, you are saying to yourself, I don't know, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to, and then you go. And mm. uh, you kind of train your mental muscle to just go, oh, fuck it, I, I need to do this. And I think it's the same with meditation because I'm struggling. Oh, I'm struggling with that. I love how the, the ex, exact, exact same uh, point by, put forth by the Tony Robinson. He's like, I've been taking, I have this like, you know, uh, not the bath or whatever, like a hole full of cold water. And I've been jumping there in there every morning for the past four years. And not a single morning I've been like, oh, I would like to jump in there. No, it's always like, fuck, fuck, <laughs> I don't want to do it. <laughs> it's like, and that's the, the first yeah. kind of win of the day. And, uh, and also I see this many, many successful businessmen that are kind of going for this crazy like morning runs. Like, you know, there's this whole 5 a.m. club and the idea that, uh, you know, wake up before everyone else and get the grind in already. And then there's like the concept of like, dude goes for a run because he hates cardio the most <laughs> it's like he hates running that's why he yeah. goes for a run it's like they're like 
I know it's going to be good, but I don't want to do it. And you just push yourself through it. And that's the first, you know, win. You're like, okay, done. Okay, what's, what's the next thing that's, you know, uncomfortable will give me benefit. And, uh, and going through that pain is kind of um, transforming and, and leading you forward. And uh, so what's your morning routine? Uh, so now, especially with the quarantine has been helping to uh, get it in shape is that, yeah, I'm waking up at five and, uh, and going, for a, going for a run to the park and we'll have my morning training and, uh, you know, before people are there. So it's, uh, it's uh, kind of, you know, isolating from people just because of time. <laughs> so, uh, and, and this... Uh, Another part of this like 5 a.m. club that I all really like is that, you know, these last hours of, uh, so first thing, sleep, like, uh, like strict or like just like a you know, uh, regular sleep schedule of like going to sleep at the same time and waking up at the same time is crucial for our like biological clock for our functioning. You can choose whatever time, but why choose 5 a.m. or 4 a.m. or whatever? is the concept of like these last hours of uh, like 10, 11, 12, or even 1 a.m., something like this. These hours are never, like, you just kind of waste those hours. You don't do anything with them. You kind of usually, okay, sometimes you would spend time with family, but it kind of still ends up with like watching TV or some like binge watching something. It kind of always ends up being low energy activities, low benefit activities. Whereas when you shift the time earlier, when you shift the rhythm that you wake up five, four, and you go to sleep nine or 10, you, uh, you like that you will, you'll feel much more motivated. Like, okay. you know, kind of going to sleep. Okay. What to do? Let's read the book or let's maybe just spend one-on-one -on -one time with my partner and, uh, and, and yeah, with your family, with your kids and, and kind of, you start to value your time more somehow. That's kind of what, what is the whole purpose of the 5am club and, and why I'm doing it at all. And, uh, and yeah, this concept of uh, getting out of the bed and those mornings when I feel like okay, my muscles are hurting, I'm not going to go for training, at least, you know, aim for the shower and some stretching and, and basically doing the grooming rituals. So the skincare, the hair care, everything. So basically you still, you know, kind of a sacrificial or the Zen Buddhism way of like, you know, you put in the effort, your time to take care of yourself. And, uh, and that's what propels you forward and gives you a productive day and actually, you know, gives you, gives you the yeah, motivation. And if you're on top of that, manage your dopamine levels of like, first thing you take, take up is reading a contract or, or planning some product, productive stuff. And only later, you know, you leave like the gaming and whatnot in the end of the day. Uh, then there are even days where you're like, oh, actually, I don't want to game. I would like rather read something interesting or uh, or like plan a bit in my life or something like this. But, uh, but yeah, this is kind of the. It's like Jordan Peterson uh, says in his book that the first thing of the day is make your bed. Yeah, uh, and that also I really I really actually do that. He's like, you know, a clean clean bed, clean head. You know, like kind of the concept of like. Uh, messy bed, messy head. And, and just this, and he expanded a, a bit on that one. It's not just, you know, make your bed, but it's the, take the first tiny step, make your bed. Then you're like looking out around your room. You're like, huh, some stuff is on the windowsill a bit out of order. You're a bit organized that. 
they're like, oh, maybe this and you kind of bit by bit you see that, oh, okay, these things are in order. Wait, this thing is not in order. So let's organize that one. And, and you organize your life basically. And as Jordan yeah, Peterson says, like ideal case is to walk, you know, one leg in order, one leg in chaos. So going to be tapped into both. So it's the kind of... And, and I mean, he, he obviously, he obviously meant make your bed because in the beginning it will be difficult, but then when it becomes not difficult anymore, then you continue with something else and then you do that and then you add and you become, become better and better and better with every day. And because it's uh, exponential basically, then you start becoming better and better, quicker and quicker. And that's the, yep. that's the big benefit. And um, so, but, but yeah, I mean, <clears throat> it's interesting that I, um, yeah, I've, I've, I've done this and now I realize <clears throat> kind of, well, subconsciously, I guess is, is the word to use is that my routine is wake up, make my bed, go to the kitchen, empty the dishwashing machine, put all the dirty dishes left, like uh, for example, cups from like water from the beginning, uh, from the previous evening or something like that, put those in the dishwasher. Then in that meantime, I, I, I make coffee as well in parallel because I can't say, can't say no to uh, some multitasking still in, in my life. I love it. <clears throat> well, the notion that I'm multitasking. And, um, and then, then I go and exercise. And that's every freaking morning. And like, if I, if I miss anything of that, uh, unfortunately, co coffee is included in that. Like, if I, if I, if I uh, exclude the, the dishes or if I exclude the coffee or is, if I exclude the, the, the stretching and the exercising, I feel so weird during the day. Like I, I feel like I've, I don't know, I have yesterday's underpants on or like, it's just a, this background weird feeling that something is missing. And so I need at least an hour every day because to, to go through these things and they change. I mean, exercises change. Uh, sometimes it's it's one thing, sometimes it's another. But I, I need to do those basically four things. Uh, yeah. So uh, it's but, the ritual. So we are we are grown out of tribes in the in the forest and doing our rituals, and, and yeah, this is comes comes naturally. It's in our DNA. So uh, we we definitely can't live without. It's also probably the. Uh, it's also probably the habit thing. Like it's a, it's a habit, mm -hmm. and so as a, as in the end, I probably get some uh, some dopamine from the dishes, some dopamine from the coffee, some dopamine from the exercising, and from stretching. And so as a result, I get like this quadruple dose of dopamine, which I'm probably expecting every morning. And and there is another important combination of chemicals it's the melatonin versus serotonin so uh, you'll be really able to function throughout the day and do a lot of good shit when your serotonin levels are good like high whereas uh, you'll be having a good sleep when your melatonin levels are high so in the morning you wake up you're like you know unless you wake up so there's this sunrise alarm clocks the idea of like when your room is fully dark and outside sun doesn't work exactly that well then you set the time of when the light starts to shine and the alarm clock will you know shine you the light and over a half an hour period or more 
basically through light, meaning it will start to lower your melatonin levels and increase your serotonin levels to get your body chemicals right for the, you know, for you wake up basically fresh and, uh, and ready. And all those morning uh, rituals and activities that you do, I think they're also a big, big part of switching from that uh, excess of melatonin in your, in your brain to, uh, to serotonin. And, uh, and that's why you get, but there's you know, the other side of if you get really carried away and this is my own kind of concept that I defined momentum. So when you build a do high momentum from those, uh, you know, having the dopamine from the emails, from the, you know, plans, from the whatnot, and maybe even then you game something or, or basically you build up the dopamine and you build up the momentum of like serotonin and everything. You're going, going, then in the evening, all that can still run you. So you also need to kind of offload it a bit by bit and do like a bit of calmer activities in the evening. Otherwise, you'll have very trouble to sleep. You won't have enough melatonin. And, uh, yeah, and just in, in general, I'm, I'm, I'm able to work myself up to a place where I, um, well, literally lose control over, for example, I can start, I don't know, uh, just, I don't know, yelling or, or, you know, something like that, just lose control, just because I'm hyped up from all the stuff I've done already and like just mm. more, there's a, like, yeah. <laughs> You know, like, <laughs> like, like in uh, in the Wall Street, uh, the, what is it, Wolf of Wall Street, yeah, uh, Wall Street, yeah, and um, yeah, so so I need to, yeah, I, I need to monitor myself so that I don't go to that unpleasant side, because it's very easy. Like days when I had, uh, when I have like these, especially now with with all this, uh, I've noticed that during this um, crisis or whatever we call it quarantine, quarantine um, that I'm, I'm just tired and to, like, I feel that I work too much and I started to analyze and, and, and what I think is happening if, uh, in a lot of cases that it's just so easy to have a meeting now because it wasn't. I mean, you have to agree to actually go to some place and uh, yeah. at the same time to meet and sit down and you have time to that place. You have time back from yeah. that place and all of that. And now it's just a, uh, suddenly I, I open my calendar. It's just like one meeting, then it's back to back second meeting, back to back third mm. meeting, back to back fourth meeting. And yeah, same. Eight hours of straight talking. Like I had it uh, on, uh, I think, Tuesday eight hours of straight talking and after that i'm like this my eyes are just popping out and like <laughs> kill someone you know and uh so uh, but but it's so easy that you, you kind of I, I forget to say no when someone asks me can we can we do a demo on tuesday and i was like yeah sure i have two <laughs> two hours to plan right? and, and then i realized that i don't have time for uh, for lunch anymore or something like that so it's it's way too easy these days to and to... Uh, yeah that is a problem and that's why you gotta you know plan the meditation in the schedule of uh, having like okay this is a that's why that's one of the big benefits of meditation as well is that uh, one side is that there's so many people out there who cannot even just uh, be left with their own thoughts with their own head they're scared of like just 
there was some research then as well, like, you know, people left in a room alone with themselves, with their thoughts, scared shitless. And there's like one concept of, you know, in that like meditation hour, you'll have time for yourself fully to you know, understand more about who you are, what you want, you know, kind of calm yourself and yeah, understand where you're going. And you'll learn to not fear being left alone with your thoughts. You'll, you'll basically, with other, in that case, it shows very clearly why else would you be afraid, but it shows that you're run by your thoughts. And uh, this helps to, this meditation and that helps to gain, gain control over your, your thoughts in your own mind. So, uh, so yeah, that's, that's kind of the why, why to do meditation as well and what is the, what is the point here. But what's See? your, what's your tip like for someone like me, right? Who, who I, I, I've realized that I want to, I want to do meditation, but I'm mm -hmm. a, um, let's say I'm not a workaholic, but I, I like to work. I get this dopamine run and I just work and get more yeah. dopamine. So it is at least some sort of workaholism. And I just forget about it. And so what I end up doing is many days I'm, I'm cheating. I know it's like 23.30. So the day's about to end. And so then I squeeze in 10 minutes of meditation. And that's, I mean, it's, it, 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 it probably gives some benefit. I still feel uh, calm after that and it's easier to go to sleep and, uh, and, uh, and all, you know, all those benefits are still there, but it's still cheating because I think that it would have been better for me to do those 10 minutes at uh, 3 p.m. Uh, rather than squeezing them in in the last minute just to get a tick on that day that, that I, I, I did how many days in, just not to lose the streak, you know, and I, I feel guilty for that, but I don't, nothing works for me. Like nothing works for me or in terms of getting myself to do it. Have you like on a, like a regular schedule or something like that? It's something, everything seems more important. So that's the thing, like, uh, that's, that's the main obstacle, right? So everything seems more important than this. How do you justify to your brain that you got to now just sit and like kind of do nothing, you know, just take the empty time, right? So it kind of seems like a waste of time. Yet it's quite the opposite. But uh, have you tried scheduling it in? So you have your meeting scheduled in the Google Calendar. Schedule in the meditation. And be it like you get a pop-up, you're like, okay, now meditation, okay, so the calendar says I need to go meditate, okay, let's go and go and meditate. Then. Yeah, it's easy. I, I mean, I haven't tried. I because I, I just realized. I mean, when you said it, I realized it, mm -hmm. that that could be could be done that way. On the other hand, when I think about let's say a situation where I have planned it at like three o'clock and then somebody will ask me, well, can you do a meeting at two o'clock? I will be like, mm, yeah, all right. I mean, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I can skip this one or I can reschedule it or something. I mean, um, because what, what I do is, is I have this, uh, I'm using this uh, app things uh, to, to 
to manage my tasks in general. And so I have a recurring meditation task that reappears every day. So I, uh, when, I, when I meditate, I, I, I check it as done. And so that's my reminder. I know, I know that I have to do it that day because I very quite strictly follow the, 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 the rule that, you know, whatever is planned for today, I, I, I try to do it. And so that's why I do it at all. Like before I had it, there was no way I could do 60 day streak. Now mm-hmm. I managed. So that's working. So maybe scheduling at a specific uh, time would work as well. So I, I have to try. And, and then there is the whole other, uh, other concept of, uh, it goes deeper and it's a bit of a longer discussion, but there's one side is the lofty questions the basically the concept of being like asking in your brain of like why am i such a good medit meditator or why am i such a spiritual person and meditate so basically you kind of kind of trick your brain but not properly trick but basically make this as part of your identity rather than something that you have to do of like uh you know that oh it's an obligation of Basically, there is this whole uh, concept of like how our ego or our mind uh, functions is that it believes that, you know, like this is you and uh, that if I will get this car, I will be more as a, as a person. If I'll do meditation, I'll be more as a person. If I'll do this productivity attack, I'll be more, you know, like if this, then I'll be more this concept. Whereas the true benefit would come from kind of letting go all the shit there and understanding that facing actually what's deep down inside. So there's a lot of, a lot of like, let's put it like childhood traumas and, and everything that's kind of, we don't accept about ourselves that we uh, push down. It's like, it kind of surfaces like, oh, this happens. You're like, oh, no, that's not me. That's not me. You think you're pushing this thing out of your like awareness right? You're just pushing it deep down into your subconscious and all that stuff that you can push down at one point kind of bubbles up and explodes. So you'll have moments of explosions where you're like kind of release everything. You're kind of, you're laying it all out and you think it's done, but no, it's actually, you know, kind of just release and you've got to start building it again. So the right way or, is to, or, 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 or it can, um, show itself in some ways that you don't recognize like you can become angry at uh, someone for something and when exactly. someone will ask like what why why you will say i don't know just angry and that's probably something that you have pushed down uh, maybe maybe 20 years ago and uh, and yeah it's it's a whole it's a whole big area and the whole like um, world to explore the idea that uh, you know, many people who are like, you know, girl, girls like, or yeah, girl, for example, a girl, like, why would I, why do I always end up in a relationship where the guy cheats on me? Or it's like deep down inside there's most, most definitely is a belief that, you know, I deserve guys who cheat on me or that's what I want. And kind of that spirit somewhere down there. And that runs the person actually, not the, you know, the surface level beliefs. And, and this is this is a bit of a like longer and more complex topic and uh, yeah but uh, 
but basically yeah that's you... already technology yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah that's a that's a whole and i'm definitely not you know uh knowledgeable enough to talk very deeply about it i've only grasped all these concepts but uh but yeah the concept of uh how do you do this meditation and how do you get the habit it's about a bit like uh yeah looking into your kind of making it a lifestyle instead of a habit being a part of you instead of something that you do and then kind of finding this natural interest towards it but yeah scheduling it could be a good good start but uh but maybe sitting down as a form of meditation and asking yourself why am i postponing meditation and why am i like you know am i scared of being alone with myself and and all those things so uh, for me, for me, I've I've actually done this. I've asked myself, and the main reason is this: it is okay to wake up in the morning, for example, or even in the middle of the day to just like I could walk on the street and start exercising. Like I wouldn't have a problem with that because exercising generally is just accepted. Mm. When uh, for example, if you plan meditation at three o'clock, it 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 I I think that it looks very weird that somebody will say, mm, "Okay, I need to meditate now." Sits down, <laughs> just you know, meditates for ten minutes. It just does nothing. It's it's just weird, and so in that sense, it seems to be weird. And I think that it's uh, well, I think that to for other people it's weird. Like I don't know, even for my wife and daughter and that's that's why i somehow tend to find moments when nobody sees me it's, it's like almost like this well, are, do, yeah. but, but weird thing that i and we are that social reduces beings the, the we are the social beings. We are social beings, and uh, we're definitely very much, you know, kind of uh, affected by this. Uh, what is accepted in the kind of society, and what what does seem like, you know, okay and not okay to do. And uh, that is a very, very brilliant point that you brought out here, and it's definitely, definitely something, something to work on. And and and, and yeah, you see. You see, when you a bit like approach it and ask that, you kind of answer your own questions of like, you know, why don't you do meditation earlier? The answer is that you're a bit ashamed of it, or like it feels, you know, weird compared to like others might judge you for that. And that, that, that's the thing that we quite often know the answer to our own uh, questions and our own struggles, but uh, we choose not to face it, and unconsciously mainly. But uh, by the way, that's that's a, also a very uh, so w one thing I, I I knew that I want to ask you is is like tips how to how to you know uh, motivate myself to to do it. So that's 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 the one thing. And the other thing was that uh, the kind of only meditation I've I've practiced is this sitting down, following your breath, and 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 not thinking about anything. Or listening to sound, maybe sounds maybe or something like that. But the anyway, where the goal is, well, so, partly rest, partly rest your brain and and partly exercise your brain 
because it's hard to, for the brain, it's hard to rest. So that's how you exercise your brain by making it being peaceful. But then there's, and then sometimes you sit and those, those, those uh, thoughts, random thoughts come to you all the time. And some of them are like, oh, wow. You know, something like, like this, like an insight will come out from unconscious. And, but most of the time it's like silly stuff. It will still kind of, the thoughts will be something like, oh, I forgot to do this or I have to do that. And, uh, and, so, but, and occasionally that will be the, the, the insights. But then there are meditations where you kind of go into it by well, to, to think, to meditate on something. Um, and so what's, what's the difference? What's the methodology? I mean, can you, can you explain how to do it? Can you recommend a, a book, uh, how to do it? Or um, so, if I would love to, you know, if I would want to meditate on what to do tomorrow. So there's, uh, there's definitely, this, this is a vast world here and I don't have all the answers, but I can give you some of the answers that I have and, and some of the notes that I, that I know. So uh, as one of my uh, own kind of mentors or coaches in the spiritual side is told that roughly there are kind of two types of uh, meditation in that sense that ones are for uh, figuring out something more about yourself and just kind of the uh unidentification with your mind and uh, and the other like basically who am i question right and and the other other side is the meditations that are with some purpose of like i do wim hof to gain like uh resistance to cold to gain control over my this i i, I do this to do this better you can this type or i visualize to you know, to do this so the more pure types are the the ones where you more focus on yourself. So few like I would say my top tip for any uh, or hack for any medi meditation technique is to get uh, uh, earplugs that uh, any apotheca sells. Like you know, just kind of squish them, put them in your ears, so you uh, get all the noise out, and already then and there you're left with just your own mind. You start to hear the voice in your head. Right? So the concept of, you know, you're having voices in your head, uh, that's why you're crazy. No, everyone has voices in their heads. That's like part of being human. And to hear that voice that's running you is, is much, much easier than you have these earplugs. But okay, so one very, very beautiful form of meditation is this, um, reveals a lot about us is this do nothing meditation where you uh, again like i would suggest with the earplugs but basically you sit in a chair you hold your uh, spine erect and uh, sometimes it's even better to sit on the edge of a chair so that you're basically on your mm -hmm. butt is on the chair and can legs over so basically you sit straight and uh, you focus on some point on the wall or something and you just kind of relax your body and let your brain do whatever. So one thing, when thoughts are gonna come up, you're not gonna properly follow the thoughts of like, hmm, lunch tomorrow, what could I do? Or maybe this, 
you try to not properly follow, you, you try to like not follow the thoughts, but then again, you don't like strictly say no thoughts or something. You just kind of let your brain do whatever. And when you get into that mode of just staring and letting your brain do whatever, it reveals that actually the brain goes into this offloading mode. It starts to draw gibberish. You start to hear like uh, your brain, like you start to hear swearing in your head. You start to see flashes of you stabbing or beeping or something violent and something random, some weird noises and everything. All the chaos, everything that all that, like whatever pops up from the screen, whatever, everything that, you know, you have in your brain just starts to offload. And uh, it just comes becomes this nonsense and this like kind of this blur, uh, blur of something. And then there's silence and then there's just this kind of beautiful silence where you kind of float things. And this is one very beautiful way of meditation. And uh, how long does it usually take for you to, to get to the silence? Uh, very different than days and very different than like what is your current uh, like uh, build up of uh, stimulus. So have you been, you know, watching some videos, getting a lot of content? Have you been like all productive? Something? What is what is going on in your brain? Or, or have you been just more of a kind of calm? Maybe you took a walk in the nature, then it's like much faster, you know. So it's very different. So it can be, you know, some minutes, it can be a minute to something. So it can be 10 when it depends, it, it really depends on the day and everything. But um, then, then one beautiful one is the body scan. So again, you sit with your uh, spine erect. You can also kind of lie down, uh, but yeah, kind of this sitting and keeping your like body relaxed, but uh, but spine, spine straight uh, allows you to get more oxygen around your body and kind of keep more focused. So basically, you uh, slowly start to do a body scan of feeling the sensations in your body. So you go with your focus to your nose, to your throat, and like you just kind of ask or like ask or feel like how does it feel in there? What is the sensation? And uh, you don't think about that, but just you kind of feel it. And you go around the body, go down to your legs, and you're like your belly, chest, chest, belly legs, everything, you go down and you're going to come up to the back and uh, the head. And when you do this kind of body scan of feeling your fingertips, everything, uh, then you, when you get into the state of being a bit more calm and you also kind of check with this one, uh, is there any tension in your body? So a lot of times we're keeping some unconscious tension in our body. So some places stuck and hurting is actually us keeping with our minds like this place stuck and when you just have this kind of a, like a scan and seeing like oh there's tension here and basically that's it you're not going to be like oh there's tension i need to fix anything just oh there's tension okay and you move forward and you notice and you scan your body then you begin to release everything and and kind of feel you know calm and then you can follow it down by asking yourself the question who am i who am i and kind of just over and over going into this uh, mantra of like, who am I? And kind of meditating on that, of just uh, repeating that phrase and hear, hearing it in your uh, head and until it kind of will start to reveal more and more about you to yourself, who you are and what you're about. That's a, that's a, cool, that's a cool addition. That's a cool addition. I haven't heard that one. But with, uh, with bodies, can I, I mean, my experience is that first time when I realized 
that I can feel the weight of me sitting on my bum was just like mind blowing. It was like, wow, I have weight. You know, I haven't, I had, had, I had not thought about it or, or experienced it at, at, at that, until that body scan when I understood that, yes, I can actually feel that I'm making a dent and that I'm sitting or lying. And, uh, and then the second thing was also, yeah, uh, I, I have this um, one, one place in here that just gets tense from like driving or, or sometimes typing, something like that. And uh, if I kind of don't do anything about it and go to a place where it's like, you know, like yeah. almost like a cramp. And so when I, when I realized that with body scanning, I can actually feel that and I, I can't really release it obviously because there is like a, there's a physical reason why it's tense. I still, because I realize about it, I can somehow kind of just at least not make it worse. And with time it will come and, and be easy. released. Yeah. Easy yeah. Ease it a little bit. And, and so uh, I think that, um, and that works also for different pains. Like, uh, I don't know, uh, I have this pain. I haven't gone to a doctor because well, I mean, who, who does these days? Uh, but my, 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 like here, some muscle is teared or something like that. And it hurts like for a month or so. But because I can do a body scan, I at least know that I can assess whether it's today it's better or not and do it somehow consciously and understand then what did I do wrong if it hurts more than yesterday and, you know, those things. So it's almost like a, also like a, assessment training yeah like what happened and what you are doing and so th yeah, that's that's a very good one yeah and, uh, and the concept of just when you lie down and follow your breath and just focus on not moving your body so fully making your body a brick feeling it getting heavier and just you won't move and those moments where yeah, I don't know exactly what it's called, but yeah, basically, and the idea that you put there the time, uh, time like on the alarm clock, like twenty minutes or something like this, and uh, and there the um, your body falls asleep. So basically, those moments when something starts to itch, that is your body testing you, asking your brain, "Are you sleeping? Are you sleeping?" And kind of, and you just ignore that starts to itch like crazy you just ignore that you just lay there you don't move you don't do anything and then eventually your body falls asleep and your mind is still awake and then you have this a bit of a sense of your astral body or how your energy in your body is floating around yeah that's that's one one method mm. that's that's the first step to lucid dreaming isn't it yep no. that is exactly that and uh, about those body pains and stuff, yeah, I've been as well. Uh, I, ha I had this uh, moment where I drank a bit of wine, was in a, like a fun mood, and uh, and uh, I I was I had been practicing handstand and then uh, against the wall, and then I was like, okay, fuck it, I can do it without the wall. So I like tried handstand and I you know bent over when I like fell over when I understood that hey, I actually drank wine. You know, I was like, whoa. <laughs> kind of lost advance and I, I had some tension like for a long while kind of stuck there 
and uh, and really then and even a year or something and i went on with uh with the victim mindset of like i am the sufferer basically i am having the tension you know all that and that is another part of like the, many of the pains or anything that we're facing we're actually just holding on with our minds believing making it part of our identity that i am experiencing pain this part of me so with the meditation you can kind of go and just like oh the pain is there okay but you know it's not part of me to kind of just realize this but yeah uh, um, this, this, this this reminds me of this um this thing you told me and i i, I still uh I've, I've told about that thing to so many people by by now but uh, uh this idea of yours that you decided that any chore you do that you do it uh, happily mm -hmm. Now that's a that's that's a very cool one. Can you tell me? Uh, can you tell uh, tell about that one again? So uh, concept of maintenance, I, I and enjoy like getting happiness from maintenance. So uh, this natural maintenance of maintenance in your house, of like cleaning dishes, of anything, you know, it's always there. We gotta do maintenance, and it's I don't know any scientific numbers, but I would approximate it's like close to what 20% of the time you need to spend on your everyday and something. It's, it, anyhow, it's a percentage, right? All right. It's there. Maintenance is always there. And uh, people, and including me all the time, you know, like, were or, or around what I was seeing. It was like, oh, God damn it. I got to wash the dishes again. I got to clean the floors. I got to do that. And like taking this is like a really like a duty and responsibility and something hard. And then at my like highest peak performance, when I had this crazy exam and, and several things actually at the same time, and uh, yeah, I was working my ass off. And then somehow I noticed like, hey, what if I just you know make it as a fun part? Like I just enjoy. Like what if I just washing dishes? Actually, I'm like really focusing on that. It's another part of meditation. I started to really enjoy. Like mm, it's nice with the water, with playing there, and like kind of cleaning it, and then. I go, I'm cleaning the floor a bit and here and just really going into that and you re like increase your happiness of like of your everyday happiness by by that percentage that you need to spend on the maintenance anyhow it's something you can't escape from why not enjoy it and uh, and yeah that has brought a lot of happiness uh, to my life and and I'm like really enjoying this kind of just maintenance yeah of my body of my I, I really like that uh, I really like the concept that uh, by doing this you are instantly 20% happier than everyone else mm -hmm. like that's, <laughs> that's a that's a very kind of motivating uh, uh, end result you know yeah. and uh, I, I also just realized that it's it's similar with like kids for example you know you 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 have to do your chores for example um, cook well i mean cooking is 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 almost not a chore let's say um uh, hanging the 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 clothes to dry the the, the clothes the clothes that that are washed yeah. you know yeah, clothes to dry yeah. yeah yeah and and so what i do for example is i make a game out of it i make a game out of it of actually doing that in the nicest way like uh, coupling the the 
the socks together and uh, arranging the clothes in a way that this is this is my clothes and this is my wife's clothes and this is my kid. like and like I, I just do this I, I go in like this flow state basically of doing that and then I I couldn't understand why is not why is no one helping me for example with that because sometimes I get fed of it that it's like mm. only my my task and then I realized that it's just that I'm the only one who sees joy out of it like mm. I can't uh, when I started to show some joy uh, in it to let's say my daughter she started to help and but I because I, I tried to like guilt trip her before like I, you know it's also your clothes and like blah, 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 mm. like fuck that like she's 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 she will just pretend that she does it maybe or maybe do it once and then not come the next time and, and so on and i'm angry she's angry and no one's happy and then mm. instead when when you start showing that uh, that uh, you know this is fun and then in the beginning you allow her for example to do only the fun part which is hard for me because i i have this probably mental trauma from childhood that everything needs to be perfect. Like if you do something, you start it, you have to finish it and you have to do it in the best possible way. Like there's no like, oh, I tried it and then I, I didn't feel like it and you know, and just dropping it. And, uh, and now I remember that that was also, uh, I think a part of the book flow actually, that if you want to do that, you have to start with the pleasant thing uh which motivates you to come back and then you increase your skills and then you kind of start mm. going with it and it get gets better and better and better but you have to find that initial grain of of, of joy in it and uh, and yeah now i'm trying that with, with with my daughter and that's actually yeah brings a lot of success um very slow but still success <laughs> and I myself as well, you know, throw the clothes in there and kind of catch them and like and make a game out of it. It's, I, it's, I it's imagine, uh, I imagine instantly this uh, Queen uh, music uh, music video. You know, I want to break free. <laughs> you know that song, <laughs> where they are dressed up as, yeah. as ladies, <laughs> making chores, doing chores. Um, oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, Anyway, where were we? I think, uh, ah, so was there um, uh, some, were there any more like uh, alternative ways that you wanted uh, to definitely share or? No, I think that's kind of, kind of everything that I, I, I could come up with, uh, with today and, you know, we can uh, leave it always for the next talk, you know? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, um, in the end of of every episode what i do is is um so that the direct translation uh, for putro is 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 um, to make porridge like mm. to, to cook porridge okay kind of yeah because porridge and chaos is so it's like yeah. uh, you know in latvian there's a saying that uh, you cook the porridge so you made a mess basically mm. right? And uh, you messed up, and so this is why I always ask uh, in the in, in the end, uh, what's the biggest mess or the biggest porridge that uh, you've made in your life? 
um, and uh, and there there are amazing stories coming uh, coming out, uh, preferably funny. But if there's anything you know, insightful uh, <laughs> or anything like that, uh, go ahead. But but yeah, what's your like, oh shit, uh, moment or 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 biggest mess that that uh, that you can recall and want to share? It's a good one. Straight away, not much is coming up. Uh, biggest mess. Oh, we're weirdly stuck on this one. Hmm. That's interesting. Uh, not not much is actually popping up. Your subconscious is blocking it. Possibly. That could definitely be it. Well, then uh, just, uh, I don't know, tell me some, uh, I don't know, fun story. Some, somehow, uh, somehow, yeah, uh, I don't know why, but like, um, yeah, this question popped up a, a bit of a different uh, memory or uh, something yeah, that I was running this uh, or helping to create this entrepreneurship uh, camp. And uh, there were a couple of uh, 15, 14, 15 year olds who were, um, who were, I don't know, you know, doing their, you know, young, uh, young love, young discovery, something, uh, you know, I don't know, kissing and something. And, you know, the, uh, we as the like creators of this camp started you know, getting worried and like, okay, you know, what not. And, and uh, I told to the organizer of the camp that, hey, I'll, uh, I'll handle this. Like, it's all right, you know, worry. And, uh, and we don't need to, you know, get the entire team involved and call them all together and talk about it. It's like, I'll, I'll get, get a handle. And she like thought that I want to bury it or something. And she got really upset and was like, uh, and like got the entire team together. It was eight of us all standing there and kind of started shouting. And like, I was basically standing in front of the entire, you know, eight or whatnot people and uh, shouting there at me and just like letting out it and saying like, Oh, there might be a court case, you know, if they if they you know get pregnant or something, and they're like regretting everything out. And at that moment, I just somehow I listened to that and I let it all pass through me. I was just like kind of calmly hearing her shouting with with me being in front of eight eight people and uh, another like team member with together who we had these kids and and we had to take care of them. She started crying and everything, just full chaos. And I'm just kind of calmly there. Okay. Let's let's see what we can do here. I'm kind of just saying like, okay, let's let's look into this. And uh, and I love how I, I played out this kind of. I went to the kids. I said like, okay, you come with me. And like I walked super slowly through the like uh, building and outside away away from the like uh, camp place to like a uh, uh, bus stop and said, hey, what you were doing there? And kind of you know marinated, pickled them, and. Uh, and then you said that hey, you know, this is this is something you know we can't allow here. You know, on your free time, you can you know go and have fun there and whatnot. But think about when you get like pregnant or something like this. This can mean a lot to us. And and yeah, kind of solved it very calmly. And you know, but by playing with this um, emotions a lot. And, and that at that moment, I felt like how I conquered chaos or total like you know on one end it can be a real fuck up. 
But uh, when you just remain, remain calm in the face of chaos and just let it pass through you, you can come up with brilliant solutions and everyone was happy at the end. Somehow that, that popped up, that story in my mind. I don't know. Uh, that's, a, that's a great story. So did, you, did, you, did you ask if they have condoms or? or, uh, <laughs> or uh... No, <laughs> I, I didn't go that far. It's still like kind of kids and I wanted to, you know, a bit, bit scare them and, uh, and tell them to, you know, not be doing too much kissing around with the blanket action in the, in the camp to, to leave it, you know, outside the camp. <laughs> Of, uh, on their own free time. Well, I didn't go with them. Was, uh, well, but, yeah. but don't, don't, you, don't you think that it would be actually more responsible to, I mean, knowing that, uh, that well, you know, maybe they will not do it in the camp, but they will do it outside, that uh, the uh, more responsible thing would be to actually give them a condom and explain how to use it. Might be. In that case, I knew that they would never meet because they were from different parts of Estonia. So I kind of, kind of just, you know, this, uh, yeah. like calm the situation. But yeah, interesting. Could, uh, <laughs> could sometimes give this education. But yeah, I would say that uh, at these kind of moments, this ultimate chaos facing is, is when I really felt, uh, you know, the utmost benefit of having meditation as, as an ally and, and the ability to uh, look past emotions. And uh, hmm. Eckhart Tolle uh, talked about this, that emotions uh, derive from the word emovere, which means distraction. So all emotions by essence are distractions from the core feeling of, uh, of calm and peace and serenity. Aha. Uh -huh. Well, I think that's a that's a that's an excellent uh, excellent uh, thing to, to to finish this off, uh, mm -hmm. to to think about um, I guess uh, how many emo how many emotions we need, how many emotions we have, and uh, which are the ones we sh should try to get rid of uh, when it's too much, um, when it's not enough, and. Um, to understand all of that uh, meditation is probably the only um, the only tool actually to do that. Definitely. So uh, yeah, um, thanks, Kaspar, for a good uh, almost two hours. Um, and um, yeah, well, I mean, let's see, let's see if there's uh, any interest in our circles about uh, what we think about uh, meditation. And uh, if uh, if they if they uh, roar and ask uh, ask for you back, then uh, <laughs> then we'll be back. <laughs> it was, but it was, it was it was definitely good to talk with you and, and share some thoughts in this manner matter. And, and, and yeah, thank you, thank you for having me. As they say. <laughs> All right. Whew. Well, that was nice. I think. I was I was quite quite something, quite powerful. <laughs> oh, very nice. Yeah. Yeah, we jumped all all over the place, but uh, but we we managed to keep the theme. I think. Uh, I quite, also think uh, so, yeah. yeah. Um. Interesting. Yeah. I I I somehow in the beginning I really wanted to actually circle back to, to chisel and uh, and the the and the idea about. Um, you know, uh, making um, meditation like um, like a part of your tool set or something like that. 
because that's um, yeah, well, that was uh, part of your thesis as well, right? Basically, this uh, this mm-hmm. neutrality and all that. So that's I think uh, that's that that might be a specific uh, topic worthwhile uh, looking at on its on its own. Definitely, but uh, but it is a bit tricky though. So far, as I've you know wrote the thesis and kind of forwarded it, I haven't found too many straightforward ways of how to apply you know meditation in workplace. It kind of more needs to be there to facilitate the culture, to uh, to yeah to speak and show people that this exists and allow them the freedom and time to do it. And some like uh, those meditation or isolation tanks in a workplace could be the top top thing of like allowing people to take this sensory deprivation tank so basically having some time in the workday to be in full sensory deprivation of no sounds flashes screens anything just kind of you know calm down the mind i could be the ultimate benefit in my workplace i haven't myself uh, been to a sensory deprivation tank but i've you know, kind of recreated the feeling on my own with my own methods to some extent. But I haven't properly been what to one. Are no, what are your so one, one, one large point is again, I come back to, you know, featuring uh, earplugs. <laughs> so yeah. getting them, getting them kind of, you know, the, the, uh, the, yeah, the sound out and then I'm just floating in a bathtub with, uh, with no light, like in the bathroom. Uh-huh. Okay. So you just go to 36 degrees uh, bathtub with earplugs on. In. No, I, I haven't done it like proper regularly and so on, but I just, you know, kind of tried a bit of like this, this feeling of uh, being in, you know, yeah, uh, warm bathtub with, uh, with, uh, with ear, ear, earplugs and no light. So mm-hmm. kind of form of meditation. So I haven't done it like properly, properly, but, you know, at least to some extent feeling it. I've done it. I've done it once, uh, and it was amazing. Or twice, once, twice. Mm. But uh, the the problem is exactly the fact that it's. Uh, I mean, is this whole thing to actually plan it to go there to, you know, maybe you don't feel like it and just. I mean, for me, just the planning and committing is an issue, uh, because it's an hour and blah blah blah. And so if I could, maybe if I, yeah, if, if I haven't tried it actually at home in, in the bathtub, <laughs> silly of me, because I've been, I've been toying with the idea of, <laughs> of maybe one day buying one because I liked it that much. And I think there's a big potential, but, but yeah, maybe, um, I, I remember I was in one, uh, in, uh, one, um, uh, co-working space in Riga and they have these um, phone booths which are like you know sound is blocked out and mm-hmm. also when you kind of talk and whatever like it's you know cushioned and stuff yeah and uh, somehow I think that's like it would be interesting but probably there is a product out there somewhere where you can buy a booth like that that is uh, blocking everything out uh, because Earplugs are not really the same thing. I mean, they they kind of. I don't know. I mean, 
I think when you don't have the earplugs and you still don't hear anything, that's kind of, I don't know, more impactful or something. So, um, but yeah, it's it's an interesting idea. But maybe maybe uh, I want to look into buying one of those booths. I don't know. <laughs> mm -hmm. Because it can work as a as a phone booth. I mean, that's that's the that's the benefit, right? Mm -hmm. All right, cool. Okay, I. Um, it's six o'clock Friday evening. I uh, hope you have good plans for uh, for the weekend. Definitely. Um, sorry. Definitely have uh, have what my la my lady's birthday, so I'm, uh, I'm gonna kind of plan all that stuff and then do all that. Nice. Okay, I'll uh, I'll go and uh, <clears throat> I bought this uh, small like a. It's 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 not a house. It's not a shack. It's like a container-sized little house um, made of wood, and mm. I placed it on in my in my in my plot I bought. And so we decided that we don't really like how it looks like, and I got into this uh, uh, wood burning uh, me method used by Japanese, where they burn wood and. Because it kind of um, um, it creates this three let's say let's say one two or three millimeters it depends on how 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 much you burn it but uh, uh, basically border that is not interesting for insects because there's no sugar in it it uh, it's colored very nicely because you see the structure and it's it's like dark well black and you can brush it and it becomes like more brown but you can see the the structure very nicely mm. and it's a uh, fire retardant because guess what uh, I mean it, it already burned uh, and it's uh, weather uh, weatherproof because again that coating is actually kind of he helping and I mean uh, you know okay. can uh, allegedly stand for like 90 years or something compared cool. to just untreated and uh, so the only problem is that if you have a ready-made house like that and you can't burn it like uh, Japanese do it when they pre-burn the, the, the wood, yeah. you have to do it painstakingly slow with a gas burner. And that's a, like a... Meditation. A very, yeah, it's a, it's a very meditative experience. Uh, but... Uh, but uh, but it takes just so long. But uh, this weekend, that's it. That's what I'm doing. I'm I'm going and I'm I'm burning at least uh, like I have one sixth maybe of the of the facade uh, burned by now. I I want to do at least one one sixth more. I so. guess I guess a bit with a bit of a joint or something, it would be quite quite an experience. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, so yeah, that's uh, because it's very cool actually. Just watching the the, the fire burning because I yeah. mean, just like any time when you watch fire burn, that's amazing. I think I've spent I spent enough time just meditating on fire, kind of looking into. Yeah, fire. because it's, well, I think it's it's like uh, built in our brain to enjoy looking at fire because that's well in the center of our livelihoods and. And so, yeah, watching that fire and just burning the house slowly and just covering the spots and it's uh, 
it's a, it's an instant uh, state of flow. So yeah, mm -hmm. if anyone cool. has untreated house, I, I recommend that definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my plan. Okay. Um, cool. Yeah. All right. We we can't even we can't can't even uh, like I I thought we stopped the podcast. Uh, Ten minutes ago, but this is still good stuff. I think <laughs> so, so. So maybe I shouldn't just cut it even. <laughs> you know, you see, you see what you can uh, edit through through it, and you know, it's just natural flow. Never you can. Yeah, uh, exactly. Can't plan exactly. this thing. Cool. All right. Cool. cool. Okay. No. Right. Till next time. It was it was nice, and thank you, thank you for meeting, hitting me up, and it was cool to cool to have the chat. So um, All right. definitely, and good luck with this one. Really. All right, <laughs> it, it was a pleasure, and I'll I'll send you a link so you can share it with uh, everyone. All okay. right, cool. bye, Casper. Bye bye. bye.